Thank you, team. Take your Bible. Go to Acts chapter 23, and we'll begin reading in the 11th verse in just a moment and read down through verse number 24. Acts 23, beginning in verse 11 and reading through verse 24. As you find your place in the text, let me remind you that not tonight, but next Sunday night, which is July 2nd, we're going to all gather down at the Warrington campus at 6 o'clock, and we're going to have a prayer evening for America. Wonderful patriotic music in the first half, and then a prayer time in the second half of our gathering next Sunday night. Plan to join me 6 o'clock down at the Warrington campus, and we'll be there praying for America as we usher in to the 4th of July, Tuesday week. But before we get there... We are in Acts chapter 23. I'll begin reading in verse 11 and read down through verse number 24. But on the night immediately following, the Lord stood at his side. This is Paul. And he said, take courage. For as you have solemnly witnessed to my cause at Jerusalem, so you must also witness at Rome also. When it was day, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who formed this plot. They came to the chief priests and elders and said, We've bound ourselves under an oath to, to taste nothing until we've killed Paul. Now, therefore, you and the council notify the commander to bring him down to you as though you were going to determine his case uh, by a more thorough investigation. And we, for our part, are ready to slay him before he comes near the place. But the son of Paul's sister heard of the ambush, and he came and entered the barracks and told Paul. Paul called one of the centurions to him and said, Leave this young man to the commander, for he has something to report to him. So he took him and led him to the commander and said, Paul, the prisoner, called me to him and asked me to lead this young man to you since he has something to tell you. The commander took him by the hand and stepped aside and began to inquire of him privately. What is it that you have to report to me? And he said, the Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down tomorrow to the council as though they were going to inquire somewhat more thoroughly about him. So do not listen to them, for more than 40 of them are lying in wait for him and have bound themselves under curse not to eat or drink until they slay him. And now they are ready and waiting for the promise from you. So the commander let the young man go, instructing him, tell no one uh, that you have notified me of these things. He called to him two of the centurions and said, Get 200 soldiers ready by the third hour of the night to proceed to Caesarea with 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen. They were also to provide mounts to put Paul on and bring him safely to Felix, the governor. Now I'd like you to stand with me, and as you stand, I'd like you to turn your eyes to verse number 11, and you'll see it pop up on the screen. And I want you to read out loud with gusto, out of your soul, this beginning verse, which is our thematic thought for the morning. So you follow me in reading the first verse that I read just moments ago, Acts 23, verse 11. Let's read together and read it now. But on the night immediately following, the Lord said, this side and said, 
Take courage, as you have solemnly witnessed to my cause at Jerusalem, so you must witness at Rome also. Paul evidently has had fear enter his soul because the Spirit of the living God says to him in this case, Preacher, take courage. Take courage. You've been my witness in Jerusalem. You must go to Rome also. So take courage. This morning there's someone in this room that has never trusted Jesus. And the Spirit of God is calling you and you need to take courage in just a moment. Come take me by the hand and say today's my day, Pastor. Some of you are here and you know the Lord, but you've never been baptized. Like these that were baptized, you need to come and take your stand and take courage. Take a step of baptism. Some of you need to join this church. Need to come right here and take my hand, give God your heart. and Take that courageous step of being obedient unto the Lord. Father, give us strength to take courage today. Not only courage to step forward, but Lord, as we walk out of this building, give us courage to walk for you and stand for you and speak for you. Lord, there's a lot of discouragement. We need to find courage today. Teach us how to take courage is my prayer by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you and be seated. Fear is a powerful emotion that can grip the heart of an individual, a church, an organization, a company, or even a nation. Fear is a powerful emotion. Paul is under attack. From the Jews and the Romans. And evidently, some kind of fear has gripped him. For God instructs the man of God take courage. Take courage, preacher. Take courage. Charles Stanley, in writing about this, says that. Courage isn't the absence of fear, but the response to it. Courage is the attitude of mind and heart that enables us to face danger, obstacles, and the challenges of life fearlessly, firmly, and calmly. Courage. This phrase, take courage, is found many times in the Bible. In Matthew 9, to the paralytic, Jesus said, take courage. In Matthew 9, the end of the chapter, the woman that came to him and had touched the hem of his garment, he said to her, take courage. When Jesus walked on the water at Galilee, (laughs) His disciples looked at him and he said to them, Take courage. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, when Jesus dealt with the blind man to touch him and heal him, he said to the blind, Take courage. 
and all of us. In John's Gospel, chapter 16, in verse 33, he said to us, In this world you'll have tribulation. We translate that often, but be of good cheer. But it is this phrase, take courage. Take courage. You're going to face tribulation. But take courage. Why? Because I, Jesus said, have overcome the world. So this morning, I want you to think with me about taking courage. Now, when you get discouraged, it means that courage is dissed in your life. It, it, it means to exit. When your courage exits, you're discouraged. But when somebody comes and puts courage in you, you are encouraged. They put courage in you. And Jesus here is saying to us, I want to encourage you. I, I want you to take courage from me. How do we find this true in our life when Jews and Romans come against us? Take courage. Some things I want you to remember today that I think will help us with courage. And I want to give that invitation and invite you to take courage and come this morning. First of all, I, I submit to you, nothing is too hard for God. Eight times in the Bible, you find this phrase, nothing is too hard for God. That's what he said to Sarah when she was shocked about having a baby. Nothing's too hard for God. It's what the Lord said to Job in his difficulty. Nothing is too hard for me. He said it to Jeremiah the prophet and to Zechariah. Nothing is too hard for God. He said it to Elizabeth when John the Baptist was coming forth. Nothing is too hard for God. And again and again and again he would say to his disciples, nothing is too hard for God. In Luke 18 27 we find Jesus saying these words but he said and he's speaking to his disciples, and that would include you if you are his followers. The things that are impossible with people are possible with God. Nothing is too hard for God. Now, friend, there's a lot of things too hard for you. There's a lot of things too hard for me. But there is nothing too hard for God. Be encouraged. Because you're not in charge. Say amen. <laughs> Some of you don't believe that. He's in charge. And nothing is beyond his capability or his capacity. He is the great God of all creation. And nothing is too hard for him. Secondly, I would encourage you if you're going to take courage that you would remember God's promises are sure. God's promises are sure. He, he said to Paul, in this text, take courage for as you have solemnly witnessed to my cause at Jerusalem, so you must witness at Rome. Paul, you, you preached it in Jerusalem and you must preach it in Rome as well. What was it Paul was doing? He was preaching the gospel. What gospel? The gospel that God became flesh and dwelt among us. That Jesus went to the cross and died for your sin and your sin and your sin and my sin. And that he loved us and gave his life for us. And that they buried him. And on the third day, somebody say amen. He got up. That's the gospel. And he then today says, come unto me. Come unto me. And I will in no wise cast you out, but whoever would believe in his heart 
would be saved. I shared that with boys and girls this week. We presented ABC in Vacation Bible School. You must admit that you're a sinner, and you are. B, you must believe, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever will believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And then C, you must confess this is the gospel. And Paul had preached this gospel, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, God raised him from the dead, you would be saved. God's promised you he had saved you. Friend, there are promises all through the Word of God. And you need to know those promises are sure. Like Deuteronomy 31 and verse number 6. Be strong and courageous and uh, do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is with you, the one who goes with you. He will not fail you. He will not fail you or forsake you. You can count on him. That's his promise. In Psalm 118, verse number 6, the Lord is for me and I will not fear. What can man do to me? I'll not fear. Why? Because the Lord is with me. Proverbs 3, 25 and 26, look at this promise. Do not be afraid of sudden fear nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Amen. And then in Isaiah 41, verse number 10, do not fear. Why? I'm with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. Look at that. How do you like my new screens I got up over here? You see that? Is that better down here? You don't have to look up. All right. They said you'd like it. They left them out after vacation Bible school. I said, we'll try it a week or two and see if it's any good. I'll strengthen you. Surely I'll help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Friend, the promises of God are true. And then in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, there, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. Hear me, God loves you. He loves you with perfect love it's his promise you can take it to the bank and cash the check he is sure with his promise he promised Paul you're preaching in Jerusalem you're going to Rome to preach the gospel and you find in Acts 28 16 the Bible says and when Paul entered Rome. God made good on his promise. He got him through a shipwreck. He got him through a storm. He got him through snake bit. But he got him to Rome. Hallelujah. Because God is as good as his promise. Take courage, my friend. Nothing's too hard for God. Take courage, my friend. God's promises are sure. Thirdly, Take courage, my friend. God controls the environment. God's in charge. Your surroundings. All of these Pharisees had come against him. Rome had come against him. As a matter of fact, there are 40 that make a pact. They say we will not eat and we will not drink until Paul is dead. They sent to the high priest 
said, tell the commander to bring him down here like you're going to want to have a little more dialogue with Paul and we will be waiting in the wings and we will kill him. We will not eat or drink till he's dead. Paul had a nephew. Did you know Paul had a nephew? I didn't even know he had a sister. You read the Word of God says that uh, in uh, verse 16, but the son of Paul's sister heard this ambush. And he came and entered the barracks and he told Paul. And Paul called the commander and the commander sent the boy down. Uh, the centurion sent him down to the commander and he told the commander there were 40 people going to be laying in wait. And they're going to kill Paul when they bring him down for more questioning. And he said, go. God's in charge of the nephews. Aren't you glad? You got one or two years wondering if God even knew their name. Amen. That's your circumstances. God's in charge of all that. You're not. And the day you understand you're not will be a good day for you. There are things you're to do, but I'm telling you, God's in charge of the nephew. He's in charge of the commander. The commander heard the word. He told him, he said, okay, uh, you go away. Don't tell anybody you said that. The commander said, get me the horses, get me the spearmen. We're going to leave shortly and we're taking Paul to Felix and going now. And there's 40 Jews that are not going to eat or drink. And if they were men of their word, they starved to death. Because they didn't touch him. They didn't not only lay their hands on him, they never laid their eyes on him. Because God had a plan. Friend, God's got a plan for you. Take courage. He's in control of the environment and all that's going on around you. God knows about that. I've never seen so many worried Americans in all my life. Oh, it's going to fall apart. It's going to be worse. Well, it may get worse, but if it is, it'll be in the middle of God's hand. God will get you through where you need to be. You say, I may die. That's a promotion if you're saved. Glory to God, he's in charge. Take courage. God's got it. Amen. Trust him. And then number four. One other thing I, I want you to rest in today and respond. Not only is nothing too hard for God, and God's promises are sure, and God controls the environment. About that environment, my my wife sent me yesterday to the grocery store late in the afternoon. She just needed one item for lunch today. She'd forgotten one thing. She said, would you? I said, I'll go get it. Hour later, I I came home. At aisle six, I had a prayer meeting. It was a lady in a wheelchair. And she said, aren't you? I said, no, (laughs) ma'am. She said, yeah, you're the pastor. I had on an olive shirt. I said, yes, ma'am. And she began to reiterate to me all of her physical malady. And I said, well, can I just pray for you here? And she said, sure. So I just laid hands on her right there in aisle six. I looked up and people was walking by looking. Evidently at the Walmart market, they don't have prayer meeting every day. 
And so I prayed. I walked down to aisle 17, the great big guy started cussing. He looked at me and he said, what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for this one item. And he said, I think I know where that is. And he said, what do you do? I'm not in charge of the environment. God's in charge of the environment. Man, you, you should have seen that award. He, he converted immediately. <laughs> he began to tell me about his Catholicism, and he is in the Knights of Columbus and won't know if our church would help him with a fundraiser. That's what he asked me over there in that aisle. I said, I don't think that'll fit my budget this year, but uh, thank you. And then I got to the checkout counter. Now, I just want you to know, in Jesus' name, I did self-checkout. Amen. Just as I'm about to run it through, a guy walks up to me and he said, Preacher, how you like my shirt? I said, what is going on in this place? I said, what? He said, Drayton, he looked at me and he said, got it at the bargain center, $2.25. How you like my shirt? I said, it looks good. He said, would you thank Olive for making, he said, I can't afford clothes. But he said, I go there and I get blessed when I'm able to go in there. He said, so I'm just telling the church today, thank you. I got out to the parking lot and I thought, I'm almost here. And the guy stopped me before I got in my car and he said, I watch your program every weekend. Would you thank your people for having that television program so I can hear it at home, and be a part of what's going on. And your church blesses my life, and you're an encouragement unto me. I'm not in charge of any of that. God's in charge of that. I couldn't have made that up. And everything I said is as true as I know how to tell it. Friend, God's got a plan for you and a plan for you and a plan for you and a plan. He he knows where you're going to be before you get there. Be encouraged today. Take courage. God's got it. And when the Jews and the Romans are planning plots against you, God's got another way. And he knows right where you need to be, when you need to be there if you'll trust him. Take courage. One last thing I want you to remember. And that is if you're going to take courage, you're going to have to respond by faith. Respond by faith. So everybody's got a Bible. If you've got a Bible, say amen. amen. Take your Bible and go to the book of Psalms, Psalm 37. Now, this is not going to come up on these screens right here for a few minutes. But I want to show you something. I've been living in Psalm 37 for the last two or three weeks. And it just fits right here what I want to share with you this morning. Psalm 37. There are eight precepts of how to walk by faith when it's hard. Psalm 37, David's in a mess. We don't know what the mess is. We don't know if it's a a son that's come against him or maybe the Philistines. He's in a mess in this Psalm of David. And he's in the latter part of his life. We know that. But David tells us eight things. Number one's in verse one. Do not fret. Quit worrying. Amen? Can I get a witness? Verse number three, we find the second precept, trust in the Lord. Trust the Lord and do good. Trust the Lord. 
Verse number four, third precept, delight yourself in the Lord. I know people that delight themselves in sports. They delight themselves in their bank account. You delight yourself in the Lord. That's where you find your delight. Verse number five, commit your way to the Lord. Verse number seven, rest in the Lord. Verse number eight, cease from anger. Verse number 27, depart from evil. If you're walking in vile wickedness, repent. In verse 34, wait for the Lord. Don't fret, trust Him, delight in Him, commit your way to Him, rest in the Lord, cease from anger, depart from evil, and wait for the Lord. You put those eight things in your life and let them come. And I'm here to tell you, you'll learn to walk by faith. Fret not, stop worrying, begin to trust. Delight, take great joy in what God is about. Commit your way to the Lord, not some other path, but God's path. That's what the Skellies are doing. They're, they're committing their way to the Lord. Rest in the Lord. You say, I don't know how long is it going to be. Rest. Rest. Man, I've been living in this with my mother. She's 92 over here in the home. Someday she doesn't know what's up, down, left, or right. I put in my prayer journal every morning, Lord, take her across the river today. I am not in charge of my mother dying. And it was a great day when I figured that out. He's the Alpha and the Omega. You're neither one of those letters. You can't start it and you can't stop it. God's got a plan. So rest in the Lord. And then cease from anger. If you're mad about it, get over it and repent. Some of you are so mad, this swelled up like a toad. Quit. Repent. Get over your anger. Depart from evil. Some of you are trying to get even. Oh, connive, I'll do that. You're, you're as bad as the Pharisees and the Romans. Depart from me and wait for the Lord. His timing's perfect. And when you learn to wait, you'll take courage. Now, you got your Bible open to verse, chapter 37. Once you look in verse 12. Now look at this. This will come up on the screen. Look in verse 12. The wicked plots against the righteous. As you know, the wicked coming against you. And the wicked gnashes at him with his teeth. He's grinding at you. He's coming after you. I'm going to get him. And the Lord laughs at him. <laughs> For he sees his days coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow to cast down the afflicted and the needy, to slay those who are upright in conduct. He, he's coming against you. Their sword will enter their own heart and their bows will be broken. My Lord, what a promise. The wicked comes against you and grinds his teeth, and the Lord laughs at him. 
And he says the same sword he's got coming at you is going to turn and go back into his own heart. And the bow he's got drawn after you is going to break. You remember Haman? Guy with the gallows? You remember? He made these gallows. He's going, who hung on Haman's gallows? He did. That's what the old enemy will do. He's got his sword coming against you, but oh. God's got a plan. And you rest in that plan as David did. And take courage. Church, never been a day just like this. So take courage. I have a good preacher friend. He turned 50 today. Last night, somebody had put a deal on his social media, said, happy birthday a little early. And he said on there, 50 is when great things begin. I put on there and I said, call that other preacher who sent that to him. I said, he'll lie to you about other stuff too. <laughs> I said, 70s when great things begin. <laughs> Amen. It's not 50, it's 70. That's when the great stuff starts. Truth be known, friend, the great things start when you crown Jesus Lord. That's when the great things start. When, when you're not in charge and you decide you're going to take courage, that's when the great things start. As long as you're in charge, you're in a mess. But when you dethrone yourself and come take courage from the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that's when the great things begin. The Lord laughs at the enemy. We walk with him and we take courage. Some of you sit here scared today. Take courage, my friend. God's got it. Some of you, it's health. Take courage. God's got it. Some of you, it's, it's life and what do we do, left or right? Take, friend, take courage, my friend. God's got it. He's, he's in charge. He has a plan for your life. He said, Pastor, you seen my report card? No, I don't want to look at it. Take courage. Say, Pastor, you ever flunk a class? That's none of your business. <laughs> but I got a diploma. Take courage. Hmm. You, you think old Nate and his family, you, you reckon fear ever entered in movement? Sure it did. Because it's change. Take courage. Think of Nick and Lacey getting married, moving off to Southeastern Seminary, not having a job, knowing what to do. Take courage. Had a family walked in here this morning, Harlan sitting right here, our new minister of education. He did a funeral for them. They lost their, their baby. How old was that baby, Harlan? Five years old. He buried that five-year-old. They walked in early church this morning. Came walking in, had their son between them, and here they came, said, Pastor, thank you for praying for us. Tears, right? Yeah, I had tears. 
But they knew where they need to be on God's day. They said, we need to come here. Why they co- I'm telling you why they, they came so they could find the courage of God's people. Friend, you need to hang out with courageous people, faithful people. Don't hang around with Jews and Romans. They'll get you killed. Stay with God's people. Then he'll take you to Rome. And there they'll put you in a maritime prison. You'll preach and praetorian guard will come to know the gospel. Why? Because they put Paul in that jail. He started making another list. Okay, here we are. Why did why did that centurion send the nephew to Paul's, uh, to the command? I'm telling you, I, I believe Paul had influence in that man's life. He'd either led him to Christ or he saw Jesus in him. And God took that that looked crooked and made a straight line. I, I don't know what burden you're carrying today. Everybody's got one in here. If you're not, you'd be up here in a box. Everybody's got one. Take courage. Take courage. Take courage, my friend. In just a moment, I'm going to stand right here, and John's going to sing a song, and I'm going to ask you up in that balcony, take courage and step down these stairs and come to Jesus. I'm going to ask you across this ground floor, say yes to Jesus, yes to his church, and take courage. Some of you are going to come and lay your burden down right here and take courage. Before we get there, I want you to turn to a friend right now. I want you to just look at a friend right here and just say to him, take courage. Tell him right now. Amen. All right, now find another friend. Look, look back. Find, find somebody else. Not that's the easy one. All right, find another and say, take courage. All right, good. Look, look, look right here. Now, now look way, way far away. Look, you see somebody? Roger, I see you up there, man. Uh, I want you to look fine. I'm, I'm going to Roger. You, you find whoever it is. You, you see him. Just catch, catch your eyes with him and, and just say to him right now. Tell him out loud. Roger, t- take courage. Take courage. That's it. He's got one over here. Tell him right now. Take courage, church. Take courage. God's on the throne. We trust him. Take courage. Take courage. Take courage to come and take courage when you go to be God's people. Don't let this old world discourage and suck courage out of you. Let the Lord put courage in you so that you go forward in the power of the Holy Spirit who is the great encourager. I'm going to pray. When I say amen, we'll all stand. When we stand, you get up coming today. Come under Christ to be saved, under the church to be a part, under this altar to be broken. God's calling you out of that balcony. It'll take you just a moment so you make your way down these steps. You come. You come. You come. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the lesson from Paul today. Lord, when the old prophet seemed to be a little down, you put courage in him. And I pray, Lord, you put that same courage in us today. I pray for friends to have courage to take a first step to Jesus. Courage to join a faith family called Olive. Pray, Lord, they just lay their burden down. Lord, have your way in my heart today. It's the only person I can pray for for that. Have your way in my heart and give me courage for the next step of the journey. In Jesus' name.